I've been mindful lately of the fact that there's at least one way that religious communities are different than the other ways that human beings gather together. You know, I believe, that people tend to be drawn towards those who are like themselves, right? We very comfortably gather in tribes and clans, in all kinds of collections of what's called like-minded people. But faith communities are supposed to be different. We're supposed to be a, what I would call a y'all come kind of association. A diverse community of all the souls who want to be there together. That's the hope anyway. Martin Luther King Jr. observed that 11 o'clock on Sunday morning was the most segregated hour in America. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Our gathering today is meant to be a taste of that time to come, the one the prophets speak of when the lion will lay down with the lamb, when we will see that our differences need not divide us, that we are all in this together. One of the successes of our Unitarian Universalist tradition is that we have been at the forefront of welcoming lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning people into the life and the leadership of our congregations. And we've been blessed by this, have been enlarged and enriched by the presence of those of you who identify in those ways. You have expanded our perspective and our understanding, and we're grateful. I remember a workshop that our former intern, now Reverend Dawn Fortune, led here one Sunday after church. People were invited to take little sticky notes and put them on a board marking where on the spectrum they fell as far as gender identity and sexual orientation and preference. And I was struck by what a wide range of expressions there are among us. Reminded that we humans are more beautifully nuanced and complex than those categories, those boxes we would get pigeonholed into. And that as we more fully embrace our whole selves, both as individuals and as a society as we embrace this, that things will get better. I have to believe that. Certainly not without a lot of pain and struggle along the way. That was obvious 20 years ago when that gentle and beautiful young man named Matthew Shepard was beaten and tied to a fence post on that harsh Wyoming landscape and left to die because he was gay. And it's still obvious today, isn't it, when transgender people, especially transgender people of color, are more likely to be attacked and killed. And when there's a ballot initiative here in Massachusetts even, question three, which is trying to take away 
the rights that have been gained for equal protection under the law in public accommodations. For people who don't fit neatly into those boxes marked male and female. If you're troubled by this, please vote. Please also talk to Jane Hux after the service. She's been one of the leaders in the no on three. No, I'm sorry. It's yes on three. Sorry. There's misinformation and fake news everywhere. Yes on three. Yes on three. Sorry. Even with all the progress that has been made, plenty of LGBTQ folks don't feel safe or comfortable, as Nate said, holding their partner's hand in public. I'm so proud of Nate and grateful to him for starting this project called Time for Love and helping create safe spaces in our communities for people to show their love and affection for one another. And don't we need more of that? James Taylor wrote a song that goes, shower the people you love with love. Show them the way that you feel. Things are going to be much better if you only will. And what about the people that you don't love? That you don't even like? It's so easy these days to demonize those whom we disagree with. But what is the cost to our own souls, to our own humanity, if we diminish the humanity of another? Martin Luther King saw firsthand the corrosive and destructive power of hate. He said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. You may remember that a long time ago, Jesus said to his followers, love your enemies. And that is so hard to do, right? That transformative power of love was never more evident in our country than during the civil rights movement. Congressman John Lewis says that the movement was love at its best. He said it was one of the highest forms of love that you beat me, you arrest me, you take me to jail, you almost kill me, but in spite of that, I'm gonna still love you, he says. Of course, this is not sentimental or romantic love he's talking about. It's acting from a place of love when it is hard and scary and the outcome is uncertain. Dr. King said this call to love needs to be combined with an understanding of and an appreciation for power, that these two go together. He said, power without love is reckless and abusive, and love without power is sentimental and anemic. Power at its best is love implementing the demands of justice, and justice at its best is power correcting everything that stands against love. We still live in a world where too many people and too many leaders believe that might makes right. That if you have the power, you can push through whatever you can get away with. 
But our faith asserts that we do live in a moral universe, that actions do have consequences, that injustice will not stand forever. And so when we feel discouraged, we need to take heart and remember the progress that has been made and the successes that people have gained, not by patiently and passively waiting for it to miraculously happen, but by organizing and working and struggling, making their voices heard, putting their bodies on the line, standing and singing and praying and marching together. And you know, once anyone has had a taste of liberation, once they have felt the freedom to be their true self, can you ever put that back in a box or back in the closet? No, of course not. There is within the human heart a longing for freedom that will not be denied forever. And I have to believe, I have to trust that we do live in a country of mostly good and decent people, and that the promise of our founders still applies, that out of many we are meant to be one, that our strength is in our diversity, that we are all in this together. Of course, not everyone sees it this way yet. There are those who foment fear along racial lines, along class lines, along cultural lines, who paint our growing diversity as a threat rather than a blessing. Those of you who have been marginalized because of who you are or who you love, you have something to teach us about standing up to fear and hatred, about being creative, and loving, about stepping out and naming and claiming your identity in spite of the risks, saying, I am who I am. I think of how the word queer, which used to be a negative term, a disparaging term for gay folks, was reclaimed as a positive expression. On Thursday, National Coming Out Day, one of my minister friends, this lovely young woman, dynamic person, she posted on Facebook this cute little illustration of a field of red roses and these praying hands down at the bottom with the words, still here, still queer. <laughs> In this month when our worship theme is letting go, I wonder, what do I need to let go of? And what do you need to let go of so we can move more fully into these movements for liberation and justice that are calling to us? I need to let go of my need to know the outcome, how it's going to work out. I need to let go of my fear that I will say or do the wrong thing. I need to let go of my desire to be seen as respectable. I need to let go and be led by that force, that mighty force of love and justice that animates the universe and keeps calling to us, saying, come on along. 
and I ask you, what do you need to let go of so you can join more fully into this dance of love and liberation? And these days when there is growing hatred and distrust in our nation, I think of Holly Near and how she kept adapting her song to make room for more people. That they originally sang, we are gay and lesbian together, and she said, but then we were surrounded by the support of allies. And so I changed it to, we are gay and straight together. And now we're learning more and more about gender and sexuality, and it now requires many more syllables than I can fit into this song. So let's just sing, we are all in this together. How might our work for justice and liberation be changed if this became our mantra? We are all in this together. Even those who stand against us, even those who despise us for who we are and who we love or who we want to welcome in, can we admit that whether we like it or not, we are in it with them. We have to share the planet with them. That the more polarized we get, the more anxious and afraid and hateful we will be. And if we continue on this path, it is not going to end well. That some of us have to be the grown-ups in the room and work on bringing people together and building the common good. I'm so grateful to be part of a religious tradition that keeps me grounded and reminds me that others have been through struggles like this too. That we're part of this long story of human liberation with successes and setbacks. That what matters is how we live and how well we love that we are called to practice our faith, that these days that could include praying not just for our friends, but for our enemies. Another long-held practice is to say the names of those who have died, to pray for those who have gone before us. We should include in that the names of those who have been killed because of who they loved or because of the color of their skin or because they dared to stand up for what was right. As Corey Collins said in that powerful tribute to Matthew Shepard, the wind passed through Wyoming and held your name. We still hear it when it sows through the trees. It is a powerful thing to call out the names of our saints and our dear departed. Two weeks from today, you will bring pictures and other mementos and will speak the names of those who have died. But you don't have to wait for that day here. You can practice that anytime, of course. You might want to start making a list now of the names you might not know, but that you want to remember and honor in your practice and on that day in two weeks. You could include names like Matthew Shepard and Harvey Milk, Sandra Bland and Tamir Rice. 
So, my spiritual companions, in these days, let us not be discouraged. Let us be bold in proclaiming our faith that love has already won. Let us do everything we can to spread that love, to show to others that we are all in this together, that we are on our way to that freedom land, that place where we are all bound, all of us in this together. Amen.